Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, January 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at SoftBank rolling back its planned investment in WeWork, how some hedge funds managed to avoid a tough year, and how a no-deal Brexit might mean days-long waits for trucks at a key port to Europe. Then the FT's Robert Armstrong tells us where the next financial crisis might start. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. The FT reports that Japan's SoftBank will radically scale back its plans for investment in WeWork, the shared office provider. Investors in SoftBank's $100 billion vision fund are concerned about the recent tech stock retreat. At the end of last year, SoftBank was in negotiations to invest $16 billion into WeWork. Now they plan to invest only $2 billion, according to two people briefed on the deal. The deal will no longer include the participation of SoftBank's Vision Fund, which was a major backer of SoftBank's existing $8 billion-plus investment in WeWork. The funding could be announced as soon as this week, but the deal hasn't been agreed to yet and could still fall apart. The scaling back of the investment underlines the rapid shift in investor enthusiasm for tech shares. And 2018 was a year of renewed financial market turmoil. It was among the worst for hedge funds since the financial crisis. But some of the hedge fund industry's biggest names have managed to thrive despite that. Renaissance Technologies, Two Sigma, Citadel, and D.E. Shaw's flagship investment vehicles were some of the funds that saw hefty gains in 2018. They were helped by computerized strategies to trade markets. And according to John McCormick, the chief executive of Blackstone Alternative Asset Management, quantitative firms that made investments in infrastructure, technology, Datasets and human capital have an ongoing competitive advantage. But many investors and analysts remain jittery, as the fundamental outlook for 2019 is still murky. And we have even more insight into what a no-deal Brexit might mean. According to UK government-commissioned research, trucks would face six-day queues to board ferries at the port of Dover. That's if new customs checks in the event of a no-deal Brexit were to delay each vehicle by just 70 seconds. On Monday, the Department for Transport conducted a live rehearsal of an emergency traffic system that will be used to prevent congestion at Dover under such circumstances. The trial used only 89 trucks to test out the disused Manston Airport, which will be used as a car park for 6,000 trucks under the contingency plans. Dover handles up to 10,000 trucks a day. It's another possibility that lights a fire under Prime Minister Theresa May, as her Brexit deal will face a vote in the House of Commons next week. The main sticking point is the Irish border. Mrs. May's chief Brexit negotiator, Ollie Robbins, is hoping that the European Union will commit to securing a free trade deal. That would remove the need for a border backstop by the end of 2021 at the latest, and it might convince some skeptical MPs to support Mrs. May's deal. And here's something else we're following. There was at least one person who saw the 2008 global financial crisis coming, and the FT's U.S. finance editor, Robert Armstrong, recently spoke to him. So Steve Eisman is a money manager who became very famous because he anticipated the horrors of the housing, the U.S. housing bubble and its bursting uh, before a lot of other people did. And he was made famous in particular because he was featured in Michael Lewis's book, The Big Short and the movie which followed. The whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans. 
they will fail. And if I went to movies, I would be able to tell you the actor who played him, but I... <laughs> Steve Carell, I think. I think it was Steve Carell. I think yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I'm pissed off. American people are getting screwed by the big banks. You know, he's famous for forecasting catastrophe, and I should say that he's actually very optimistic about the U.S. economy right now. He thinks that the consumer, the American consumer, is in great shape right now, and credit's not a problem. What he is saying, though, is that when the next recession does come, whenever it should come, we're going to have a big problem with a class of bonds called triple B bonds, which are the, the worst of the best kind of bonds, so the lowest rung of investment-grade corporate bonds. That's an asset class that has expanded tremendously over the last, basically ever since the crisis, as companies have gone to take advantage of lower interest rates by issuing more and more debt that pushes their credit rating down. The issue is that this stuff isn't terribly liquid, meaning there's not a lot of buyers and sellers in the market, especially, as Eisman points out, because banks don't hold much inventory of bonds anymore. And I won't go into why they don't do that anymore. It's horribly technical, but it has to do with financial regulation. So... Everybody's been buying triple B bonds, nice big yields, good income, you can make good money, but what happens when the music stops? Credit starts getting worse, economy slows, people are going to have to sell this stuff. There may not be any natural buyers, so it's going to be you know, a stampede of bulls trying to get out through a mouse hole, as it were. And what kind of trends have we seen with those bonds over the past year? Well... After a long, strong run in the the value of those bonds, they, they had a you know eight eight or nine years where they really made a great deal of money. Uh, they had a bad 2018, and there's a couple of things that are going on there. A lot of big issuers, General Electric is one, have been downgraded, so they were higher grade of investment grade. They've been pushed down into triple B, meaning there's more supply of this stuff out there. As we know from studying economics, you have more supply, you have lower price. Uh, And also, we've had a few indications that maybe the economy isn't as strong as it once was. So between those two things, this asset class has become under a little bit of pressure. So maybe the first sort of whisperings of the kind of problem that Eisman sees here. And why is he worried about this kind of debt right now? Well, he, you know, as I said, he's optimistic about the economy in general, but he's a guy who, who knows how to worry. And when he looks around the world, he sees, here's this asset class that's grown a lot, that has attracted new kinds of investors, retail investors, or maybe professional uh, institutional investors who haven't owned this asset class before. They were drawn in by the high yields and the good returns, but they didn't think about, once we get in, how do we get out? Which is the story of every financial problem in LA. It's, it's, it's a matter of backing out of the parking place you've gotten yourself into. He is not saying that doom is imminent. What he is saying is that when doom arrives, this is the f- one of the forms it's going to take, an asset class that was easy to buy that may turn out to be hard to sell. And does he have any kind of recommendations on how to avoid that catastrophe? Well, there's all, you know, I, he, he didn't make any to me, but the easiest thing to... Uh, for avoiding a car crash is staying out of the car, isn't it? So, you know. (laughs) You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be following U.S. President Donald Trump as he travels to the U.S.-Mexico border to address the nation amid the government shutdown.
This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.